headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It is the Ramsey Show, uh, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. I am your host, Jade Warshaw, joined by George Camel. And today we are taking calls about your life, your money. So give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225. George, let's go directly to these phone lines. Let's do it. We got Austin in Omaha, Nebraska. What's going on, Austin? Oh, not a lot. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. You bet. Uh, I just feel blessed to be to, to have the opportunity to speak with you about our financial situation right now. It's my honor. So we've been watching uh, a lot of the show recently, and um, we're actually 100% out of debt right now. And we're feeling really fantastic about it. And we're also having some some anxiety about what do we do next? Because we have our emergency fund saved up. We allotted 2000 per person. We've got six months worth of living expense saved up for our current situation, which we're renting. Okay. But we want to get into a house and we don't know at this point in the game, do we just sit and stack cash and then wait until we can just go buy a house outright? Or do we stack enough cash for a down payment and then get into a house as quick as possible? Yeah, that's a really good question. I I have a question for you before I give you my answer to your question. When you said that you had okay. an emergency fund, you said $2,000 per person. Can you elaborate on what that meant? Oh, sure. Um, our understanding was that we needed to have for like um, small medical emergencies about $1,000 per person. And then on top of that, we needed six months worth of household bills and expenses. Interesting. So we saved 2000 per person, and then on top of that, six months worth of household bills. Okay. Well, that's an interesting thought. The way we teach it here at Ramsey is just to save three to six months of your basic household expenses, so that if you were to come on hard times, maybe you lose a job, you have a medical emergency, that would be enough to you know get you through until you're back on the other side of things. So- you know, the 4,000 extra you have saved, as far as I'm concerned, you can throw that over to the down payment and start, you know, you've got $4,000 saved already to go towards that. And as far as whether or not you want to buy a home outright, or if you want to save, you know, 20,000 or as much as you can save to put down, that's really up to you and your wife. What are, you know, what's the going rate for a home that you think will be right for your family? Well, wow, that's really, that's a, that's a tough question. We've been We've been looking at um, the different values of houses and then plugging in the numbers. And, you know, at, if we were going to go on the 15-year fixed, like um, like we're seeing that you're teaching, then our, our approximate price range is going to be right around 175 k mm-hmm. Are there in homes for 175 k 25%. Pardon me, sir? Are there homes for 175 k in your area? Uh, there are. It's. I mean, it's our first house. We're for, we'll be first time home buyers. So cool. Mm-hmm. It's nothing that we're really going to want, but we know that we're going to have to have. Well, here's the deal. If you're like, hey, I, the 250 home is the goal. Well, all that means is patience. We're going to save up more down payment so that we can afford this and stay within those parameters. Yeah. What's your income? Um, combined, we are slightly over 100k a year. And how much can you throw every month toward down payment savings currently? Well, we haven't discussed exactly what we could throw at specifically that savings, but our margin after our budget is $1,746.99 a month. Great. Are you guys investing at all right now? 
No, we withdrew completely out of our 401ks, actually just as of yesterday, so we could start channeling all of our money straight into a high-yield savings account. So you're wanting to do baby step 3B full on. Hey, we're not going to invest at all, but for the next year or two, we're just going to pile up cash to get into that home. Yeah, that was the idea. We just weren't sure if we should pile up just enough to get in or what the... Well, at this rate, I wouldn't aim to try to pay for a house in cash because it's Mm going to be a moving target and it could take you 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather you get to the point where you can do that 15-year fixed rate, 25% of take-home pay going towards the mortgage. Mm -hmm. That's when you know it's the right time to buy. Okay. That's actually the the exact discussion we had last night. I said, I I think what we need to find out tomorrow is whether or not we're going to be here in the apartment for two years or 10. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's going to be more than two, I would start investing. I would too. You could do both simultaneously. Maybe start out by saying, okay, for the, like George said, for the next year, year and a half, up to two years, we're just going crazy, putting all of our money to this down payment. But maybe once you hit that two-year mark, if you're not ready to pull the trigger and you're like, you know what, we've got this much saved, it'd be great if we saved, you know, X amount of dollars more, I'd go ahead and start investing and then try to reach that savings goal at the same time. That way you're not missing out on valuable time um, and compound interest. What do you think about that? Pretty powerful force, right? Absolutely. So when it's it's going in the right direction. (laughs) So just doing some math for you. Going the right direction, yes. Seventeen hundred bucks a month is twenty grand a year. So in two years, you'd have forty grand. And let's say it's a two hundred thousand dollar home. That's twenty percent down. That would give you a hundred sixty thousand dollar mortgage. And you can use our mortgage calculator on our website to start figuring out. All right, are we going to be within this range? And if it's twenty six percent, we're not going to yell at you. The whole point of that is not to be legalistic. Sure, it's to make sure that you're not house poor and you have fifty percent of your take home pay going towards a mortgage. Amen. How's that hit you? That hits me like a like a pretty solid plan. Excellent. Awesome. Woo! I we love it. it. We got him out of analysis paralysis mode. That's right. That was a great call. I think, uh, George, a lot of people are in that situation uh, with the market the way it is. It's almost like even when people have done the math, it's like we can save for this. Or a lot of people I've talked to have already saved the money and they're just sitting on it because they're afraid to get into the market because interest rates are high, uh, inflation is high, student loans are coming back. And it's like, do I pull the trigger? Is it smart to buy a home? It's like there's all this uneasiness around a subject. And So true. Well, it's interest rates and the housing market's insane. The best time to buy a house is when you're ready financially to buy a house. And so that's why we have those parameters. You don't have to wait on the sidelines and wait for some magical, perfect interest rate or wait for the housing market to crash. You might be waiting a long time. A long time. And by then you're mad at us because you're like, the house prices are triple now. I'm like, right. Sorry. And I know a lot of people are worried, you know, obviously interest rates on average have hit over 8%. And it's like, no, you know, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait. And I'm like, no, if you have the money, go buy, like get into the market. If interest rates go down enough that it makes sense for you to refinance, you'll always have the opportunity to do that. But you don't, like you said, you don't want to sit on the sidelines, get in the game because whatever property you have, if you buy smart, it is still going to go up in value over time. And you've got to get into the market so that you can start being a part of the game and adjusting how everybody else is, right? If you just sit out there and you're renting forever, not to mention rent goes up too, you know? That's true. And a lot of people were freaking out. Remember, it wasn't long ago we had bidding wars and before it even hit the market, it was gone. Well, the market's cooled down a little bit. Now you can actually take your time. 
You might be able to even have a really great offer below asking price. That's right. And get it. And so if you're on the sidelines, it's time, you know, hit up our friends at Churchill Mortgage, get pre-approved, start the process, start house hunting with a Ramsey trusted real estate agent. All of these things are going to help you get out of that analysis paralysis. That's right. Your rent, your mortgage, that payment is usually people's highest payment, right? And you don't want that fluctuating your whole life with rent. We know that home buying is the key to building wealth. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable, Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. This is The Ramsey Show. I'm your host, Jade Warshaw. To my right is George Camel. Give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225. And we will discuss the things that are on your mind as it relates to your life, your money, your career, what's going on in your world. But before we get to that, we've got our neighborly question of the day. Our question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. When emergency repair needs pop up at home, the last thing you want to do is spend time searching for the right providers. I know that's right. The Neighborly app helps you find the top local home service providers like AirServe, Mr. Rooter Plumbing, and more. Don't wait until something goes wrong. Be ready now. Download the Neighborly app today. Today's question comes from Mark in New York. He asks, I'm currently around $360,000 in debt, two sixty dollars on the house, and $100,000 in credit cards. I feel beyond help with my debt. I'm struggling with what to do. The minimum payment on all the credit cards equates to more than I make on a monthly basis. It feels hopeless. I don't know how to get out of the situation I've put my family in. Please help, all caps. Oof. Oh, Mark, I can't breathe just reading that question, man. I'm so sorry to hear that. I mean, $100,000 in credit card debt. That's a very special type of debt. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, very high interest. And uh, it's going to take a while to climb out. And Jade, you had six figures in debt, so you can speak directly to this, but... It's different when he's going, I make, it's more than I make on a monthly basis. Yeah. Which I, means we got to make more. He's got to make more. And you know, I think mentally, if he can just for, just for a moment, separate his home mortgage from the, yes. the, the whole total. It's less overwhelming. It's less overwhelming. And the good thing is your, your home is making money for you. Hope, you know, the market will accumulate more equity for you. So let's put the home of 260 on the back burner for now. You'll get to that much longer down the lane and let's look at this hundred thousand now here's what i would do because george was right uh sam and i were in a position where our bills were far more than what we had to pay and so you you have to get on the phone you have to get on the phone with these folks and say look here's what's going on unless you make this payment xyz you're not going to get any money and so you've got to call these people up and let's for now negotiate very small payments because we're going to make minimum payments on everything in our debt snowball right and we're going to put any and all extra money to the smallest debt. So not only do we need to find extra income, we've got to find margin, actually put more on a smallest debt. So first things first, you're getting on the phone, 
making those calls. And here's the thing. I hate credit card companies. They're going to tell you, no, that's not possible. And the only way is you've got to, you know, make one payment today and just give us your credit, you know, give us your bank account information and we'll do it. Don't do any of that. Do not give them your account information. Do not set up a plan. Just say, hey, it's either this or you're not getting it at all. And you want to know what? They might not get it for a while, but you're going to get through this. And what you also need to do on the other side of that is you've got to find more income. Georgia doesn't say what his income is. We got no clue. We don't know what his minimums are. But the other thing you can do is call and ask them to lower the interest rate and say, hey, listen, I'm that. trying to pay this off. I really am. Mm-hmm. What would be a huge help is if you could lower this interest rate so that I can give you the money that I owe. I love that. And thank you, because you just jogged my memory, George. I remember getting on the phone with Capital One and saying, look, if you look back through all of my payment history, I probably have X amount of dollars in late fees and over, you know, over usage fees. Can you just refund some of those? Can you just do me a solid? And they did. And a lot of times they did. A lot of times they didn't. But here's the thing. It doesn't hurt to ask. All you can do is ask, ask for a lower interest rate, ask if they'll forgive some of the fees, and and finally ask if you can have a lower payment temporarily because you're on a plan, you're paying off the debt, and after that, you just got to get your income up. Yeah, and it's, I don't know what kind of debt, I mean, a hundred grand in credit cards is a insane amount. So I don't know what you purchased on that, if it was we're trying to get by, before it was couches and cars and who knows what, but I'm going to go, what out of that money can I return, can I sell to try to undo some of this stupid tax that I've created here? Yeah. So that could help as well. Last ditch effort, he could look at selling the house. I don't like that. It feels like a, it's almost the scapegoat option of like, I didn't really have to change my behavior. I could sell the house, use yeah. the equity and pay off the debt. I would rather see him increase his income and climb out of this thing versus get rid of his house. I agree because, and I'm not trying to be judgmental, but when I see $100,000 of credit card debt, it makes me ask serious questions about your behavior and what's been going on in life. Like, I've got a lot of questions. And so mm. I would love to see him walk through that. Um, I wish we knew what his income was, but whatever so it questions. is, it gots to go up, right? Call it's us up, get Mark. Call us up. We'll talk more. All right, let's go to Monica. She's in... Hanford, Stockton, California. What's going on, Monica? Hi, how are you guys doing today? Doing fine. How are you? Good. Um, So my question is kind of like a career question. Uh, I am a dental hygienist of eight years. And as much as I love what I do, I love educating uh, patients and bonding with patients, especially when they have fear. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's turning towards more of becoming a salesperson and kind of pushing things on patients when I don't necessarily feel I need it. Ooh. And I took um, Ken Coleman's career assessment because I am on maternity leave, but I'll be going back in November. And I've been having some doubts going back. Um, with his career assessment, it highlighted that I am good at being an educator and coaching. And since I started your guys' plan, I've actually gotten really into it. And uh, becoming a financial coach seems to be like a good idea to me. So I want to know how do I transition, even though I love what I do, mm-hmm. how do I transition from that and then possibly balancing out and becoming uh, a financial coach? Yeah. Maybe? You know, I'm having two thoughts. Um, number one is I'm just wondering about the actual office that you're working in as a dental hygienist. Um, yeah. I, had a, I had a buddy who loved dental hygiene and the way her office was training 
all of the hygienists, it it did turn more into a sales role. It was like they were all like continually pushing things and products on the customer. And she was like, I don't like this. And she found another office that didn't do that. And so she was able to focus on the attributes of her job that she did love. And for her, it was just as simple as switching offices. So that's my first question. And I even wonder if that's step one. And then as you do that, you can start to build the financial coaching thing on the side and get that to a place and start, you know, building into that and putting time into that. And then if you're like, hey, I really love this, it starts making money for you. You'll have that moment where you can kind of switch over because there's a bridge there. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's good advice. Um, I've tried different offices and it seems to keep gearing in the same, after a couple months, gearing in that, in that way of we need more production, we need more production. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I could keep looking and, and keep trying different offices. This is probably out of the eight years, my sixth office. Wow. Have you office. let your, yeah. your leader, your dentist know, say, hey, listen, I'm not comfortable pushing this stuff. I'm happy to do dental hygiene. That's what I signed up for. But I don't. I can't in good faith push these credit cards and payment plans onto people. And have you brought that up to them? Um, I have mentioned it. Uh, anything that I kind of mentioned to them, it seems to just okay. We'll address it later, and it goes underneath the underneath. Well, the what happens if you just don't push the credit cards? What would happen if I didn't? Um, they'd probably recognize that I'm the one person not doing it mm. and probably talk to me from time to time. But having that outside pressure of feeling it just seems, I don't know, unethical. I don't know. I don't like that. Yeah. I think <laughs> if it's not needed, there's a, there's a difference between knowing what the patient needs and me feeling strongly about that and educating them yeah. and having and doing it what's best for them. Absolutely. Because no one's the same. You got to treat them based on their needs, not what a general, here's the package deal, get yeah. all of it. Well, you work with integrity and that's great. I mean, that's the type of person I'm looking for in a dental hygienist right there. So I think that that's incredible. Uh, the thing I'm worried about is I don't want you leaving this job without something prepared for you. So whenever we talk about going from a situation where You've got like the steady income, George, and it's like, hey, I want to build this business over here. You've got to play those cards correctly because you don't want to just quit. No. And then you're like, that is not the position that you want to build a business. We don't from. want this to be a giant leap of faith. We want it to be just a step off the dock right into the boat. Yep. Right there. So, so build I'd, that business. I'd start pouring into that now. Start getting your feet wet. Start getting the training you need and start building that up so that it's there when you're ready to make the leap. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns. So while it's still true that you can't serve God and money, you can make your money serve your values. Contact your financial advisor today to see if Timothy Plan is right for you. Visit timothyplan.com for more information. Investing includes risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LSE. 
Dave Ramsey Show. I am Jake Warshaw. This is George Camel, and we every month do a series of budgeting webinars because George, some of the biggest questions we get is, how am I supposed to budget? My income is irregular, or how am I supposed to stick to my budget? Or my spouse sticks to my budget, I don't stick to the budget, or vice versa. And people need help with this. Oh, 100 percent And we can't go through this on radio. And so no. to have an hour where you can visually see us going through every dollar, showing you how it works, showing you how to create that margin. The response has been amazing. Incredible. Like it's amazing how many people sign up for these webinars month in, month out. We usually do about two a month. George, you host some, I host some, uh, Rachel Cruz hosts hosts them. And we have one coming up October 24th. It's a Rachel Cruz every dollar webinar. I might sign up for that just to get some tips. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. And I'm thinking you need to sign up for it too. If you've had any questions about budgeting, and I'm telling you, they're great. They're completely informal. They're over your lunch break. You can do it while you eat your Jimmy John's, while you eat your firehouse subs. No one is going to judge you if you have lettuce in your teeth. Rachel's favorite. I found this out. Schlotzky's. I don't know anyone who's ever said that word, who's ever been there, but she's a big fan. So Look, every dollar budgeting all you have to do to sign up is go to everydollar.com slash budgeting to save your spot i love it let's go to the phone lines we got kim in baltimore maryland what's going on kim hi um so we have been about two months into our debt snowball we're making really good progress but the thing my husband and i are butting heads about is whether or not we should stop contributing to his 401k because his employer matches his contributions yeah that's a toughie. And he feels like we're losing out on free money. Um, but I also feel like, hey, this is, you know, really going to impact our snowball here. At 100%. Hold on. He's giving away money to lenders every month. He's clearly not that concerned. <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> so let's just make it clear. If we're going to start doing math, about we're, we're losing out on this money. Yeah, to the debt. And I so know, this right. is a yeah. tough one. I, I totally understand. I empathize with those who are nerds like me, who are like, why wouldn't you take the match? It's 100% return. You guys are always telling people to start with the match and how great that is. But we also know that getting out of debt is hard Mm -hmm. and it takes some behavior change and you need momentum and you need progress. And when you draw that line in the sand, you go, you know what? That extra $400 we were investing, what is the match? Can you tell me the number? So right now he we've already he's already agreed to drop it down to their, the maximum that they will match. So it's at four hundred. So we put in four hundred, they put in four hundred. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you that if you just invest four hundred bucks a month, you may have a great retirement. But what if you could invest a thousand dollars a month, fifteen hundred right. a month? That's what happens when you free up those debt payments and pausing your match going down to zero lights a fire under you to mm-hmm. then. Get out of the debt so you can get back to investing to then invest way more than the measly match. Yeah. So that's hard. If I just told him that to his face, he'd still go, yeah, but uh, it's free money, right? Yeah, no, I <laughs> completely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I agree with George wholeheartedly. Some, You know, when we find ourselves in debt, we look up and it's like, oh man, I made a mess. I've got to get myself out. Sometimes we have to pay the consequence of that. And in this case, it's you don't get to invest yet. You know, you get to clean up your mess. Then when the time comes, you get to put more in, like George said, than you ever dreamed of. And the the time, here's the, here's the key. And I want everybody listening to get this. And Kim, this is not you, but if you're going to dilly-dally mm-hmm. with these baby steps, if you're going to, you know, oh, I'll put a little here and a little there and you've paused your retirement, 
you are jacking yourself because you're not going quickly. The point is, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it with intensity. I'm going to do it quickly. Most people are done Mm -hmm. in under two years, right? And so in the grand scheme Mm -hmm. of things, when you're finally able to invest 15% and more, you know, in baby step seven, you are going to more than make up for whatever you lost in your match over those two years. But if you're the person who's, you know, kicking that can, you got your hands in your pockets and it's like, well, today I'll do it and then tomorrow I won't. It depends on, you know, what's on sale. Then, yeah, you're going to jack yourself. But the key here is intensity. I think, Kim, that's what you've got to go home and explain to your husband is like, look, I get it. It's a match. It's free money. But we've got to clean up our mess first. And the quicker we clean up our mess, the quicker we can get to the things that we want to do. The fun part. And let's be honest, investing is the fun part. That's yeah. it. Kim, how much debt do you guys have? Uh, so right now we are at a combined total of 22000 in debt. We've got 6000 in a home improvement loan and 16000 in credit card debt. Okay. Um, and currently we're after all of our um, like medical expenses, uh, gas groceries, all of that stuff in our mortgage, we're putting 2000 a month toward our debt. Great. So we're looking at, and we're currently looking at an 11 month payoff. But if we can add that 400 in, mm-hmm. we're looking at a nine month payoff. Yeah. And, and, and what if one or both of you get a side hustle? And what if you decided, you know what, if you make the sacrifice and go down to 0%, I'll make a sacrifice in this area. So I've got some skin in the game too. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you have four, five, six, seven hundred $700 going towards this debt you didn't have before. Now you're out of debt in seven months instead of 11. And you see that yeah. that progress to go, hey, seven months from now, if you follow this to a T, we'll be back to investing way more than we were mm-hmm. seven months prior. And then start yeah. doing the math I on mean, what credit card interest is doing to you as you lose out on the extra 400 bucks you could have been putting towards that payment. Yeah. If he wants and to do some math, we can do math. Before, so <laughs> we did the debt snowball way back 10 years ago when we first got married, paid off 40 grand in student loans. Mm-hmm. And then we just fell off and mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. you often do. And I'm like, okay, you know what we have to do. And, and we didn't contribute to a 401k while we were still in student loan debt. And he knows that. I'm <laughs> like, why was that okay back then? I think you now. were younger. <laughs> I think you were younger. And he was like, yeah, we've got time. And probably now that you guys are, you know, you're into this and it's further, he's like, oh, you know, he's starting to look at the future and go, we've got to get, there's things that need to happen. And he, it sounds like he's got good motives. Like he wants to do what's right for he's his family. He's thinking through it logically. Oh, yes. But sure. we can't just yeah. land on logic. We have to think about behavior and emotion. And yeah. What got us in here, we got to do something about this because you've been through it before. So the yeah. fact that you fell back in, you got to tell him, listen, this is insane that we're back here. We made progress and we took a step back. Once and for all, we're going to be done with this. And that means going all in. Yeah, I love that. That's a good call, Kim. Thank you for the call. I think a lot of people face that. And I think that's probably one of the toughest um, parts of the baby steps. For, and most for the controversial. Logics. Yes. The amount of flack we get. I can't believe they tell people to stop them. Listen, life isn't all, always just about a number and a match. Yes. We've got to look at the big picture. And the big picture is most Americans are investing 3 or 4% to get the match. And that's it. And that's what they do their mm-hmm. whole life. And yeah. we're telling you, hey, for a year or two, mm-hmm. go down to zero so you can go back up to 15. And can I be, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to put some folks on blast right quick. Because here's what I think. Here's what Jade thinks. 
I think people don't want to stop their investment contribution because if they can say, yes, but I've got X amount in savings or X amount in retirement, then they don't feel so bad about this debt that they have sitting over here. And it's like, well, I still, you know, I still have a positive net worth because I've been investing to my 401k. I'm like, yeah, but you still have $40,000 in debt or $60,000 in debt. And so I think for a lot of people, it's their little Jedi mind trick to make them them think- they're doing better than they actually are. You know what are. this is though? It's really a toddler mindset. The toddler says, hey, why eat my vegetables when the cake is buy one, get one free? Let's just skip to the dessert, Jade. <laughs> i got a great deal on cake right now. That's right. Why do I have to eat my vegetables? Well, you're going to be real out of shape and have a tummy ache. That's right. And that's what we are as a country right now. Yeah. The entire yeah. country is just broke and in debt, not investing enough. Yeah. Up to their eyeballs in consumer debt. We're at record levels across the yeah. board. Credit cards, a trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. Auto loans, $1.58 trillion. Yeah. Student loans, $1.57 trillion. Ooh. And yet we're complaining that you can't build wealth in America today. And we're telling you, what if you got out of debt and invested more and you could retire with dignity? I love that. And more, like, nah, more, even more than dignity. I'll take my BOGO cake, Jade. No, <laughs> thank you. You know what I call that? I call that skinny fat, George. Have you ever Ooh. seen people who are, they look skinny, but their diet, man, their diet is total crap. They eat McDonald's and they just, but th- somehow because they have good metabolism or whatever, they're still skinny. And I think that when you are investing, it's like, oh, I've got this money stacked. I've got savings, but you've got this pile of debt over here. Mm. It makes it look like, hey, I'm in good shape. I do what I'm supposed to do, but really... Your diet is crap and you're eating McDonald's and you've got a bunch of debt stacked over here and it's when you sweat, it's sweating out of your pores. Why do you think I'm wearing all black today, Jade? It's very slimming. <laughs> it is very slimming. You don't know what I'm hiding under here. I don't want to know what you're hiding under so that So much jacket, McDonald's, George. you know me. <laughs> That's only for Whitney to discover. <laughs> this is The Ramsey Show. <laughs> You're listening to The Ramsey Show. I am your host, Jade Warshaw. I'm joined by George Camel, who is host of The George Camel Show on YouTube, which, by the way, is popping off, George. We just hit 100,000 subscribers the other day, Jade. I saw that. We did it. Now I got to beat Deloney and Rachel. Yes, you do. Some friendly competition. I love that. Uh, We're having fun. Yeah, if you have not already, hop on over to YouTube and smash that subscribe button for The George Camel Show. And by the way... You were on the show. We had you on a fun, really fun interview. That's right. That was super fun. People love Jade on there, so you need to come back. I got... Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Um, there it is up there on the screen, The George Camel Show, if you're watching on YouTube. And for all you who are loyal listeners to this show, The Ramsey Show, thank you so much for listening. And we hope that you will share the show with others the same way that I just shared George's show. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. And we want all of our friends friends to be rich and out of debt as well. So share the show so that they can get this wonderful... That's They call this gatekeeping, Jade, when you don't tell someone. Interesting. Yeah. Don't gatekeep. Is that Let what... people know. That debt freedom is possible. Yeah. That you can invest the right way and not fall for all these TikTok traps. Interesting. Don't gatekeep. I'm trying yeah, to be don't. young and relevant. Well, Jay-Z said you're not rich if everybody is, if you're the only one rich and nobody around you is. Oh. That you're not really wealthy. It's got to be contagious. It's got to be you gotta contagious. you got to be hanging around other rich people. That's right. you got to be sharing the knowledge, sharing the wealth, sharing the blueprint. And that's what we want you to do. Uh, if this show has changed your life, if you like it, maybe you just find it entertaining. Tell some people about it. Hit that little paper airplane button on Instagram or share it through YouTube or just like old school, just like talk about it while you're having lunch and tell somebody, hey, there's this, this, this new podcast I've been listening to and it's awesome. It's called The Ramsey Show. We would appreciate that so much. It's free. 
And of course, like we said, it's spreading that good good all around the world. So in the meantime, let's go to the phone lines. We've got Marie in Durham, North Carolina. North Carolina, what's going on? Hi guys, thanks for taking my call. You're sure. welcome. How can um, we help? Um, so I have a question. I just recently paid off all my debt. Um, about seven, well, eighty thousand dollars. Woohoo! Um, and I, um, I didn't go through the baby steps like a normal person. Um, because I didn't start until late. But okay. um, I have so. I also have like a uniform transfer to minor account that my parents created for me when I was younger. Um, and I'm under the impression that it's just like mutual funds now. Okay. Uh, my goal would be to um, buy a town home or something uh, in the near future. Um, and I have about $57,000 in there. Um, I was just wondering if it's a good idea to use that money as a down payment on a house. Um, for me, I think that that sounds wonderful. Um, you said that you didn't walk through the baby steps in the traditional sense. That's fine. Uh, you don't have any debt and that's great. My next question before you bought a house would be to make sure that you've got three to six months of expenses set up. Do you have that? So, yes, I also, um, cash, like cash wise, I have about $30,000. Um, 25 of that is in a high yield savings account and the rest is just in my checking Okay. And then I have, um, I paused investing in my uh, retirement um, and I have about 7000 in there. I don't know if I should resume yeah. that now, but I, okay. So, so the 25 that you have in the high yield, is that three to six months? Like what, what portion of savings is that for you? So that would be um, three to six months of savings for me um, and my goal. So I, I have $30,000. Um, I would just. I would want to save at least um, $20,000 for my emergency fund okay. before I buy a house. And I have that. Um, so if 20000 gets you to three months or four months or whatever that m part is within the three to six months, which for you, let's let's take that a little bit further. Okay, so it's just you. What type of work do you do? I'm a nurse. Okay, so pretty steady work. Pro you're probably okay with three months. If four months makes you feel better, I'm not mad at that. Mm -hmm. Um Typically, the way we determine that is if you're in good health, if you have a stable job, uh, if you're somebody who's married, what do you what do your job situations look like? That's kind of how we determine that three to six month situation. And I feel like you as a nurse, um, I'd probably stick somewhere between three or four months and I'd feel good about that. George? Yeah. And on top of that, have you looked into the tax implications of withdrawing the money? Um, I, I do know there will be tax implications. Um, and I just, I didn't even know like if it, that just pulling the money out would even be a good idea. I just it's been sitting there for so long that I just don't even know what to do with well, it. Well, I'm assuming they saved that it. money because they wanted to be a blessing for you later in life as you you yeah. know begin your adult life. So I think there's no time like the present if you're looking to get into a home and that money's yeah. going to help you do that faster. And you've you followed the principles. I mean, you're debt free with an emergency fund, and so now's the time to begin that down payment savings. And if you want to stack up as much cash as possible and liquidate that account, pay the taxes, use all of that towards a down payment in the next year or two, that's great. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think, yeah, that was my plan. <laughs> yeah, because if you add the, you know, if you add the 10000 that you had as an overage in your savings, I mean, you're at 60, well, you've got taxes on this Minus too. the taxes, but still, you yeah, could you're be looking at 50 well. grand yeah. uh, down payment, which is awesome. How old are you? 30. Okay. You got so much time. Yeah. This is awesome. This is. Yeah. Consider it a gift. I love that. I love it. I love when we get to say yes to people. 
Well, yeah, the the whole you know the upmas and the ugmas, yeah, fun names. They're meant to save for your child so that when they're an adult, mm-hmm. they'll have a little pile of money, which is awesome. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. That's Time to very use it. generous. Well, let's see what William's talking about in Anchorage, Alaska. William, thanks for calling in. Hey, how's it going? We're doing good. How are you? Oh, not too bad. I was just wondering about uh, credit score after paying off and closing accounts. Mm-hmm. I had heard somewhere one day, Ramsey said that... Uh, the credit score will go to zero after like six months or something. Yeah. I was trying to research that. I couldn't find anything on it. So once you've finished paying off all your debts and all of your debts are paid off and all of your accounts are closed, then that will start the process of your credit score slowly rolling to zero. So you're going to see it go down first. It's not going to just totally evaporate. You're going to see it go down first. And I'll be honest, that is a little bit emotional. And then after time, it'll be zero or indeterminable. Um, for Sam and I, let's see, for me, I think it took like seven months. And for Sam, it took a little bit longer. I've actually heard people say it's taken almost a year in some cases. Yeah. Six to 12 months okay. is the average. And so if uh, you can also yeah. go pull your credit report for free at annualcreditreport.com. Uh, that's the one site where you can do this for free. And you can pull that and see, hey, look, I got no lines of credit open because a lot of people think they close the lines of credit. That's right. The credit score hangs around and they find out, oh, I forgot about that account. And you know what? George makes a really good point, William. I'll tell you this. I was messing around and looking on creditkarma.com, checking my credit score. After we had paid off all the debts on my name, I'm like, ooh, I was so excited to see the score roll to zero. And it took there forever. It just sat at like 300 or something and it was just like destroying my my self-esteem. And then... Uh, we started looking at the process of buying a house. And when they pulled my credit, like the real way, it was zero. Ah, uh, yeah. These, so, these sites, they're, it's kind of like a Zillow where they're, they're pulling information from somewhere else that's yes. the official source. And it's not always accurate. But more than that, here's what you got to keep in mind, William and anybody else. Sites like Credit Karma, they want to sell you debt. So they benefit from saying, oh, your credit score is 300. Let us tell you how to get that score back up again. Oh, yeah, they'll notify you. Hey, you should open up this line of credit from us yes. that will help you get your score up. And we have this new card and there's new loan and this credit card we partnered with. Yeah. It's just riddled with loans and debt. And so when, anytime that you go, well, mint.com is free. I'm like, yeah, because you're the product, bro. Yeah, exactly. It's not free. Exactly. You're going to get bombarded with debt and marketing. And uh, that's that's the sad underbelly of how these companies work it is so beware and just know hey be patient and like i said it is emotional george when you see that go to zero and let me also be clear i actually made a social post about this a lot of people they're like i paid off all my debt but i'm keeping that one credit card Uh. open just as a little you know safety net or whatever but i'm like no that's not gonna work yet again george when it comes to this plan you either got to take it or leave it because if you start doing shady stuff like that It's not going to work for you. Everything we teach is being able to live a life without a credit score. And if you keep that one card around that you're not utilizing, you're not using, it's only going to make your credit score go down. Mm. Give it it up. You can live without a credit score across the board, renting cars, buying a house. It's all possible. And we're living proof. That's right. We're living proof. It's time to give up the ghost, give up those credit cards. Let that score go on ahead and go to zero. A zero credit score is just as good. Actually, it's better than a good credit score. Zero is what we're looking for. This is The Ramsey Show.
Hey, it's George Camel. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click on the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.